Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. We have been in the podcast business for quite a while now. We started small, with a zero budget, and we made tons of mistakes along the way. But we only made those mistakes so that you don't have to. So whether you're just starting out on your writing or podcasting journey, or you've been in the game for a while and are looking for some assistance in upping your skills, or even if you're looking to outsource some of your production, we're right here standing right behind you. Watch out! Find out about what we offer or send us an inquiry at theotherstories.net forward slash services. Today's episode is Beneath the Thames, written by Georgia Cook and narrated by Josh Curran. His torch had given out hours ago, but Jordan didn't mind. The tunnel was one long straight line, leading back and back into the darkness. He only had to keep walking and he'd make it out eventually. He paused for a moment, breathing hard, listening. Harrison's voice echoed down the tunnel towards him, bouncing from wall to wall in the pitch black. Not far now, mate. You're almost there. Can't stop. He'd been saying this for five miles, as Jordan staggered through the endless black, his lungs burning, the weight of London pressing down on all sides. In this tiny space beneath the world, The others would chip in occasionally, but it was Harrison's voice leading the way, coaxing, guiding, cheering him on. Harrison was like that. He'd always been a good mate. Harrison had found it first. After all, Harrison was the reason they were all here. 
There were five of them, all builders. Harrison, Gordon, Atticus, Allison, and himself, contracted to reinforce a section of ancient tunnelling deep below Charing Cross Station, expected to spend God only knew how many months down in the dark, battling masonry no one had checked in over a century. The job itself wasn't a problem. Gordon and Atticus had worked on the restructuring of Blackfriars last October, and Allison had extensive knowledge of dodgy London piping. They knew what they were doing. They all knew what they were doing. But the dark, those cramped old tunnels. Ideally, it should have been a ten-man job, but there were only space for five, clumped together in spaces barely wide enough for three. Jordan hated the tightness of it. Hated the chill, hated the strange, hollow echo of his own footsteps following him through the darkness. He hated the winding maze they took each morning to their tiny workspace, armed with torches and hard hats, fumbling to see. But a job was a job, and so down they went, through an inconspicuous manhole on Charing Cross Road, into the subterranean world deep below London. It was three days before they found it. They'd been working on a section of Victorian brickwork, testing the mortar for signs of damage, anything they might have to replace, when there was a low thump from the opposite side of the tunnel, followed by the clatter of bricks and an exclamation of surprise. Jordan turned to look. A section of the wall had crumbled away under Harrison's hammer, leaving a ragged black hole about the size of a fist. A chill breeze whistled through from the opposite side, filling the tunnel with the smell of rot and ancient air. Harrison crouched down to look. There's something behind here, he said. Then, oh Jesus, Gordon, come look at this. Gordon ambled over, staring over Harrison's shoulder into the dark. He let out a low whistle. What the fuck's that? God, I don't know. Carefully, Harrison pulled away more of the crumbling wall, just enough to stick his arm through. By now, they'd all gathered round to watch. There was a cavity back there, a new tunnel entirely, curving further down into the darkness. Jordan couldn't see an exit, or even a visible end. Just a long, black corridor drilled into the earth like a rotten cavity. Harrison turned back to them. Christ, did anyone know about this? They hadn't. No one had mentioned any adjacent tunnelling. As far as they knew, this was the only structure down here, puncturing the earth straight through from King's Cross to Waterloo. Must go straight under the Thames, whispered Harrison. He was intrigued. The others were intrigued. They were all watching now, peering through the hole to get a better look. Atticus clicked on his torch and swept it around. The walls of the new tunnel were completely smooth and black. They glistened in the torchlight like obsidian or solid oil. The entrance grew larger as Harrison extended the hole until he'd made a space just wide enough for a man to squeeze through. Even then, there'd been no thought of reporting their find, of leaving the job until someone dragged a surveyor down here to test the structure. Even then, without even knowing, it had been their tunnel. Even then, it had them.
Wordlessly, one after the other, they left their equipment and stepped into the hole. Jordan went last, glancing over his shoulder before following the others. He'd been frightened then, so frightened of the dark and the damp and the great crushing weight of the Thames above. He hadn't learned yet. None of them had learned. They walked in silence, the tunnel curving gently downwards beneath their feet. Jordan watched the tiny patch of light shrink behind them until it was barely a pinprick, then nothing. Eventually, Atticus spoke up from the middle of the group. They found that old Roman temple a few miles from here. Anyone remember that? Under a bank it was. Mithrium, grunted Allison. Yeah, that's it. Don't think it's Roman muttered Harrison, leading the way. Looks... older, it looked. So much older, and more organic than constructed. The walls curved upwards into a perfect smooth dome a foot above their heads, with no noticeable joints or construction marks. The floor was made of that same shining black rock. It was, Jordan thought, like walking through a tunnel of smooth black gemstone. He wasn't frightened, he realized. He was excited. The air had reached out and grabbed his lungs, filling him with a deep, alien thrill. He wanted to be here. He wanted to know. The others must have felt the same, because nobody spoke after that. They simply kept walking, down, down into the earth, the tunnel sloping ever steeper, the walls pressing in ever closer, until just like that, the tunnel opened up. The space beyond was vast, larger than it had any right to be. A great glittering cavern, deep below the streets of London. Even turning their torches upwards, they couldn't see the ceiling, just their own points of light reflected back at them from somewhere high up in the darkness. Structures rose from the cavern floor up ahead, jagged and sharp, glistening black, cresting the darkness. The realization struck them all at once, and they froze in wonder at the tunnel mouth. It was a city. A great, sprawling city, carved from the same black rock as the tunnel. Towers and spires loomed above their heads, topped with intricate swirls of obsidian. Smaller buildings clumped in circles around the base of each tower, curving out and out like ripples in a vast black pond. No joins in the floor here either, no cement or plaster. It was as if the city had arisen straight out of the rock, a growth of solid black mould. And it was completely silent. Nothing moved, nobody spoke, the air was damp and flat and cold. Jordan felt it on every inch of his skin, as if his clothes meant nothing. They could have turned back, they didn't. They could have deliberated, they didn't. In a daze, all five of them clicked on their torches and entered the city, heading off between the rows of buildings, down tiny side alleys and wide courtyards, whispering gasps of alarm and surprise. Jordan heard their voices long after he lost sight of them, bouncing between rooftops, heading further and further into the maze. To go from fearing the city to understanding its beauty. How long had he wondered? 
through these narrow, swirling streets, past crooked dwellings and jagged monoliths, up curving staircases and through strange, sharp doorways. At the foot of a tall black tower, he found Harrison, his torch angled upwards to find the top. It just goes right up, he whispered as Jordan approached. Must be sixty feet, at least. Look, there's a doorway. Motioning for Jordan to follow, Harrison stepped eagerly into the deep darkness of the tower. The space beyond contained little more than a staircase, spiralling round and round, up and up, until it reached a tiny circular room right at the top of the tower. The room's walls were lined with thin black windows, extending all the way from floor to ceiling. Through them, the two men could see the entire city, silent and empty, extending into the pitch black. Harrison walked to the nearest window and leaned out, letting out a low whistle. Jordan, mate, check out this view, he said. This place just goes on forever. How has nobody ever found it? Jordan watched him from the doorway, silent. Harrison would make them leave this place, he realized. Make them go back to the blinding light of the world above, and never return. Tell others, allow them to invade this place without the proper rights, the proper understanding. Harrison had found it, after all. He would call the shots, and he wouldn't understand. Harrison would do it all wrong. Harrison would fail. And Jordan couldn't let that happen. He reached out and pushed. With a gasp, Harrison tumbled through the gap and vanished. There was a dull thud. A long way away, and then silence. A long whistling silence. Jordan walked to the window and looked down. Harrison lay crumpled on the ground beneath the tower, a pale dot in the endless black, his high-vis jacket staining a slow, ponderous red. Jordan stared at him for a long, long time. And then he heard Harrison's voice echoing out from somewhere deep inside the city, deep inside Jordan's skull. Harrison's voice thanked him for the sacrifice, for letting him stay in the glistening darkness forever, thanked him for filling the empty buildings, populating the city once more. Harrison told him what to do next. Atticus was easy. Harrison guided Jordan across the city to the top of a second tower, where Atticus stood by himself, staring out at the view exactly as Harrison had done. It was all too easy to push him down the tower's staircase, watch his body tumble over and over into the gloom, then climb down slowly after him, just to be sure. He lay at the bottom, crumpled like a broken doll, and his voice joined Harrison's in the rising chorus of encouragement. That's it. Well done, mate. Two more to go. 
Jordan found Allison in one of the little square buildings, examining a mural rendered in glistening black gemstones. He bashed her head in with a lump of stone, left her there beneath the curls and swirls, bleeding across the floor. She thanked him for the honour. Gordon came last. He ran to Jordan in breathless terror, his eyes wide, his hands shaking, desperate to leave, desperate to find the others, gabbling that he'd found Harrison's body below the black tower. Jordan finished him off with his flashlight, hitting him over and over again until he stopped moving. Until his voice joined the others. And just like that, he was alone, the only one unable to follow. He had a mission, whispered the voices of his friends, a very important task. They would join him, call to him from the depths, so he would know how to find his way back, so he wouldn't be forced to face the sunlight alone. So one day, he too would join them here, and then, slowly, Slowly, loathing to leave the circles and swirls of the glistening black city, he turned and made his way upwards, back through the tunnel, back up to the light. And the voices followed. He'd made them see, made them understand why they had to die. They forgave him. He knew they'd forgiven him. And now they would help. The voices of the dead, guiding him, through the darkness. He'd make it out eventually. The voices would tell him where to go, what to do, and soon there would be more voices calling out from the city under the Thames, more voices to guide and instruct him. He wasn't alone. He wasn't alone. He'd never be alone again. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Beneath the Thames was written by Georgia Cook, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Daniel Birch and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. You can follow Georgia Cook on Twitter at, at GeorgiaCooked. Josh Curran is a narrator and writer. He's narrated many episodes of The Other Stories over the show's lifetime. He's also the creator of the horror audio drama podcast, Miscreation. You can follow him on Twitter at at jcurrenwriter. You can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. You can join our book club and movie club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawkandcleaver. T-shirts and mugs and posters and comic books are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you for Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.